Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. Hey guys, have you ever been stuck? It can be really funny to be stuck. It can also be scary. It can be frustrating. Uh, even dangerous in some situations. I had a great example of being stuck come up for me last week in my neighborhood when I got a call um, from a neighbor. This one leaned a little bit more towards the funny side. That's why I'm going to tell it. Uh, and it's somebody I don't hear from very often, but he was stuck and he was clearly frustrated and in a bit of a panic. So I drive to get my truck and I drive around to his, uh, his house where he is and to be accurate what was stuck was his lawn tractor so his lawn tractor was stuck in a ditch wheels would only spin and he was mad and frustrated and uh, he was not sure whether to go forward or try to go backward and you know very 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 frustrating in the end he really just needed a little bit of a new perspective and a little nudge from a friend and he was unstuck and back on his way so you know lawn tractors get stuck but so do people and careers and in a lot of ways, sometimes you don't know whether to go forward or backward and you just need a little help from uh, an advisor or a friend. Uh, and that's an interesting thing to talk about. So with that uh, transition, I would like to introduce our latest CompTIA BizTech podcast. My name is Gary Bixler, VP of Communities at CompTIA. And I'm excited to introduce our host for today, Yvette Steele, manager of our advancing tech talent and diversity community. Welcome in, Yvette. Uh, absolutely. Um, it's, we're here for another great episode and we've got a lot of good stuff to share. So I'm super excited to be here and let everybody know what's going on in yeah. the world of advancing tech talent and diversity. Community. Well, I'm excited to have you here. And this is a really great topic. But before we get into uh, the topic at hand, I wanted to ask you, you know, since we last talked, you had a, a big birthday. One might call it a milestone birthday for you. And um how did that go? How do you celebrate a milestone birthday in the middle of a pandemic as a millennial or a boomer? I'm sorry. <laughs> right. well, I'll take the millennial. millennial though. Seriously, I will. <laughs> um, all the wrinkle creams that I buy are certainly towards me maintaining that millennial look. Um, however, my body knows that I'm a baby boomer. So we're just going to roll with that. And what everybody says, that's what we do. But, you know, celebrating a milestone birthday as a baby boomer, I got to say, is way different than having, say, your 20, 25th or, you know, your 30th birthday. I, I can remember, you know, back in, say, 20, 25 years ago, where you take a couple of days off work and, you know, you're having a good time and you're exhausted by the time you come back right. to work because you're, you need to nurse a hangover. You, you spent three days creating a hangover and you need another day getting over that. And as a baby boomer, completely different. I um, had a massage. I had a nice dinner, a quiet time with uh, family and friends, had a uh, birthday celebration over a Zoom call, champagne. I slept like a baby, no um, hangover to nurse. <laughs> it <laughs> Yeah, I didn't feel 10 years older when I woke up the next day. It's, you know, I, I have to say it's completely different as a baby boomer, at least for me. Yeah, well, I'm I'm of your same generation. And I would agree. I think your definition of what is a good time 
changes pretty drastically uh, as you age. And I would totally agree. Your your birthday celebration sounds fantastic to me. It would probably sound boring to my two millennial children, but uh, you know they'll be where we are soon enough. So we'll just uh, let that lie. Well, let's get to the uh, the topic at hand. As I said, this is the first of what uh, is a conversation that will become a two-part series uh, for you. And it's a great topic and you've got a great lineup. Tell us a little bit about, you know, what's going on with this uh, Learners or Earners series. Well, you know, with technology changing so much, so rapidly, people are struggling to stay, uh, to stay relevant with their skills. Employers need new things. So I've pulled together a, a stellar uh, group of people to talk about, you know, what does it take to stay relevant in the industry? How do you keep your skills up? What is it? What are employers looking for? How do you build your brand? What are some of the things that you should be doing on a consistent basis to make sure that you don't fall behind? So staying tuned and, and listening in, you're going to walk away with some really good tips on uh, being able to uh, stay relevant in the industry so that you can always be an earner within the technology industry. Absolutely. Yeah, well, I can uh, testify to that because I've had a chance to listen to it. And it's uh, some great advice from some great uh, panelists and guests. So Yvette, uh, I'm going to let you uh, take it away and get us started. Hi there, this is Yvette Steele, uh, community leader of CompTIA's Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity Community. So happy that you're all here. Um, I believe that there are many technologists out there who are ready for the next step in their careers um, and find themselves, well, stuck. <laughs> so uh, today's podcast, Learners Are Earners, Secrets of Top Technologists, is near and dear to me um, as I've been stuck on my road to success many times. Um, I've turned left when I should have turned right. Um, I bailed out instead of digging in. And also, I had trouble asking for questions uh, when I needed help. So, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, knowledge is power. And not just book knowledge, it's about uh, being a continuous learner and acquiring the skills of managing your career. Otherwise, you're gonna be left behind. So it's important to know your value, um, how to market yourself, how to network, and of course, when to ask for help. So um, for women and members of underrepresented groups in the industry, the road to success can you know, oftentimes uh, leave you feeling blindsided or perhaps even discouraged you know, as, as the odds are not always in our favor. Uh, we may need a little more. We may, uh, may need more resilience. We may need more confidence, uh, more branding of ourselves. And I wish that I knew about the more 20 years ago. The good news is, is that it's never too late to pick up the more. Uh, today, we're gonna talk to top technologists to learn their secrets and best practices uh, to succeed in this industry. And I am very happy to welcome Corey Kirkendall, President, CEO, uh, 5K uh, Technical Services, Cassandra Allen, Director, Talent Management, VCOM Solutions, Dima Elisa, CEO, Founder, VizMed3D, Michael Allen, Senior Account Executive at Intelligence North America. Thank you all so much for being here. And um, let's let our audience get to know you. Dima, we'll start with you. Tell us about your journey into the industry and how you landed 
in the in the technology industry and how long did it take you to achieve the success that you're currently enjoying today? Yvette, thank you for uh, including me in this wonderful uh, group today. Uh, I, I just think CompTIA is at the forefront always and I'm just uh, excited to be part of this group today. I would say in response to that question, Yvette, that it's not that I landed in this industry. I think this industry landed on me. And what I mean by that is that I just was an executive in a company and I took and followed my curiosity into areas that I didn't always have responsibility for. And so it's always been me chasing that new shiny thing that was very exciting and and kind of provocative. Uh, technology was that for me. You know, walking into a corporate environment and seeing deck stations that were then replaced by uh, IBM laptops and watching the beautiful Macintosh be kind of discarded for the newer, uh, more state-of-the-art, perceived state-of-the-art toys for business and tools. So. I, I kept um, asking questions and I wanted the next new toy and I wanted to understand how they worked and why they worked and why were these floppy disks, you know, only able to hold so little information and, you know, how did this all manifest? And so that journey, that, that curiosity that has really become who I am today um, or a reflection of who I am uh, more, more acutely has been part of uh, you know, wanting to know more and always being open to saying, yes, I'll try that. Yes, I want to know that. And so that journey started in the, the world of chaos at NutraSuite, thriving on chaos. And it gave me opportunities to explore who I am and what my passions are. And I would encourage everyone uh, to continue that journey and finding what their passion is. And I would say, you know, how long has it taken me to find success? Well, I'm continually looking for more and more and more success because uh, every, every year that I advance, uh, I recognize that I am progressing in grace, wisdom, as well as age. The last one I can't change, but <laughs> if, if you just embrace the world and, and uh, recognize that you are an evolving creature and your success is defined differently each year, Sometimes it's money, sometimes it's family, sometimes it's quality time, sometimes it's your wealth and health. So uh, it's, it's really a, a perpetually uh, kind of deconstructing, unfolding journey. And, and technology has always been my, my core passion. And so I keep letting it find me in new ways, be it blockchain, AI, uh, 3D printing at the core, um, it's really about me and, and what fulfills me and how can I use it to fulfill others. I, I like your response about how success um, can be defined differently by different people um, at different stages of your career. Uh, Corey, tell us about uh, your journey and how long did it take you to achieve your level of success? <laughs> yeah, back in the early 90s when I worked at IBM, I just had a, a passion for, for just technologies, just understanding how everything kind of worked together. Um, I started back in the old System 36, System 38, AS400 days. Um, and then, you know, 
it, it really was was cool to really understand all the the math and everything that I learned in school was to be able to apply it. it. It had a reason and a purpose now, right, to, to go forward. It really made me understand, and my kids understand it now, is how important it is to pay attention in school because it, it does translate afterwards, right? And that was, was really cool. For me, technology was, I, I love to geek out, and, and it changes so much. Uh, I worked for Cisco for about 15, 15 years, and we were always five to seven years ahead of everything, right? So when I taught at, at the local community college and they'd be like, we're reading the books, like, yeah, you know, SIP trunks and SIP phones, that'll be out, it's coming. I'm like, no, that's kind of already here and we're already going down that path. So I always love the technology piece of, of being in front and, and being at the forefront of that technology and understanding how it's changed. You know, I sit back now and I look at, we have these iPhones in our pockets, which is, more power in our pockets than we had in the mainframes and things in the back, right? I can only imagine how my grandkids and my great-grandkids would be like, you know, they'll probably just be born with a chip in the side of their head and just say call <laughs> and just make it happen, right? And that's, that's really cool for me. So I, I, love, I love the change. I love how it's always changing, which, which forces us to continue to reinvent ourselves all the time in what we do. Couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. Reinventing yourself um, is definitely a key to success as, as uh, you evolve in your career in tech. Cassandra, tell us your story. Great. Thanks, Yvette. Um, so I am a little of the, the outsider in this, in this conversation. I'm actually new to tech. Um, my role at VCOM Solutions is my first experience in the technology industry. And my HR recruiting career basically has spanned several different industries from oil and gas to mortgage and banking, transportation engineering, staffing and recruiting, and now tech. Um, so my goal when I was searching for my current role was to find a position that really allowed me to focus on the people-facing side of HR and particularly important to find that within a forward-thinking company. And I found that the tech space seemed to really have just the kinds of roles that I was looking for that would allow me to um, think outside of the box and do something a little bit different and unique. And for me, VCOM was a perfect match. So that's how I got to where I am. Well, the tech industry is better off to have you here. So thank you so much. Uh, Michael, what about Thanks, you? Thanks, Yvette. Thanks for having me again. Uh, so my story is not exactly a straight path. Uh, mine started military. I was uh, a medical laboratory technician by, by trade. Um, I spent nine years doing that, and I was a hematology supervisor at a hospital. Uh, I went on a deployment, and I was doing online courses, and I finished my MBA online. I got back home, and I just started sending out my resume everywhere. And next thing you know, a company called SAP calls me. And I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll talk to you, whatever. Uh, and they're like, hey, uh, are you interested in sales? I'm like, yeah, not really. It's kind of not my thing. Uh, but it, it's funny. I didn't know I was going to fall in love with this career uh, and the, this entire space the way I did. You know, I, I was so, like, enthralled and, and, and had my passion in, in medical technology. Uh, and when I got that call from SAP, I, of course, obviously went, did the interview. Uh, next thing you know, I was in the uh, sales academy, and they, they bring you up, they train you six months, and then they, they let you free. Go, go sell uh, software to companies and, and talk to CEOs and, and not know any, how to say anything tech-related. So it was a lot of falling flat on my face, um, 
and you know somehow just stuck with it uh kept the determination uh and and you know got to where i am now um in, in the position i am and i i love it it every day it changes uh there's always something new to learn uh in this space with these technologies the way they evolve you know, it's funny that you would uh, say that because that takes us right into um, our next question, which is how we've all seen the industry evolve, right? Um, causing tech roles to come and go in order to meet marketplace demands. I know that I'm dating myself here when I say this, but I'm guessing that some of you may remember key punch cards, CB radios, and DOS. <laughs> Wow. Um, or tech giants who may have lost their footing or even ceased to exist uh, just because they couldn't see the writing on the wall as, as technology has changed. And um, the same can happen um, to your career, right? Uh, the technology you built your career on today may be gone tomorrow. So, Corey, uh, what advice can you uh, share in order for us to stay relevant? Yeah, you know, in this tech world, I'd say, you know, if you're going to be in it, you always have to be reading and staying abreast of what's going on. You know, wherever you're in, I mean, I'm reading blogs, I'm reading trade magazines, I am in it, I am in the stores, looking to see what's going on, how it's evolving, how it's being trained, obviously being active in an organization like CompTIA to make sure you understand what's coming down, whether it's AI, drones, all of the above, which all has a direct impact on what we do and how we're doing it, but also staying abreast of what's happening in, in what's happening in the news of how we're handling trades and different things. Cause that's a direct impact to what we're doing. Uh, prime example right now during the COVID situation, I mean, we can't find Chromebooks. We cannot find parts because of where we are because we can't get it in, right? And, and you wouldn't know that if you wasn't paying attention to not only the technology side, but also what's happening in the, in the news. So I would say always be learning and paying attention and reading up in the areas of what you're doing. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's constant because like I say, what's happening today, tomorrow, it's almost irrelevant, but stay abreast of it. Mm. I like that. Um, being a continuous learner. Um, Cassandra, what's your perspective on that? I would add to that um, to also really look for opportunities to gain exposure to projects and technologies outside of your area of expertise. So um, there is just constant change in this industry and you could really get yourself focused in something specific and find that that technology just becomes irrelevant in a few years and stuff is turning so fast right now that it really can happen that quickly. Um, so just to stay focused on the bigger picture um, know that there's more you can always do to get connected within other technologies or other parts of your organization um, and build those transferable skills so that when the time comes, you can totally make the most of it. Um, those are often the areas that we let slide when things get busy and finding a way to juggle these important elements of developing your career along with the urgent demands of your current job is what's going to help you stay relevant. It's definitely a balancing act for sure. Absolutely. Um, and to go off of that as well, uh, you got to stay creative. Um, as new challenges pop up, uh, if you look at COVID, uh, you know, the market for, for software kind of slowed down as there was some uncertainty uh, around a lot of vendors. So as an account executive, you have to think, all right, so how can I get penetration into these accounts with technology and help them, uh, you know, get through the storm? And if you look at the, the e-commerce space, for instance, uh, it has exploded exponentially just because of COVID. 
so, you know, being able to identify and learn uh, how the market is affected by certain uh, exterior things, uh, you know, you just got to, you have to put yourself in a position to, to be able to, to recognize that. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. That's, if you're going to be successful, you, you've got to pay attention and, and be willing to um, reinvent yourself and, and, um, and learn new things. Absolutely. You know, Corey, you had um, and talked about the pandemic um, earlier. So, you know, just to, to continue that thought there, you know, the pandemic has uh, turned our lives upside down, leaving uh, many tech workers without a paycheck, uh, some um, living with uh, pay cuts and others still worried about layoffs. Um, these are definitely uh, times of uncertainty. And, and I believe that um, it's important to have a mindset of resilience and a, and a plan should employment come knocking at your door um, or should unemployment come knocking at your door rather. And remaining positive it's just the beginning. Uh, let's talk about uh, resilience and staying confident and differentiating yourself from the competition. Uh, easier said than done, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so Dima, uh, please share some strategies and technologies that can help. So, you know, one of the realities of today with COVID is that the supply chain is broken on many levels, be it uh, hardware, be it uh, protective, uh, devices and clothing and your ability to predict, rely on things or verify things uh, is out the window. And I think that has uh, summarily created a very unsteady road for all of us, regardless of what industry you're in or what you're trying to do. And I think, um, you know, for, for us in the uh, technology world, you have a challenge getting materials. I mean, we've all had to hibernate in our homes to do business and we're, we're talking across, you know, screens uh, to one another. And, and the reality is that has a psychological impact on you that has a, um, you know, a, a social impact on, on you and how you do and perform work. You know, it used to be you would walk down the hall if you worked in a company and you'd pick somebody's brain and, and now, you know, getting somebody's time and provisioning it and getting the information you need when you need it is, is a little more challenging. And, and so I think uh, to remain positive and to remain upbeat and alive really and excited about what you're doing because how you're doing it is different is one of the biggest hurdles that I think uh, we each, each of us are, are having to kind of uh, realize and, and realign within ourselves psychologically. How do you get up in the morning and, you know, want to go to work if you don't know if you're going to have a Chromebook or a part that you need or information that you need? And, and for example, in, in my current situation, we've had to pivot. We've pivoted from building software to uh, and creating efficient software workflows to actually designing, engineering, and producing PPE products along with sourcing it. And so we've had to kind of redefine and refactor what we have as skills to apply to the pandemic. And so what is it that you can do with what 
your business and core skills are intending to do for the marketplace and think more strategically. That, mean, that may mean you need to learn about how to partner with people because they may have the component that you don't have. And so it's about not only redefining your business, but redefining how you do business and with whom you do business. And so learning and continually uh, keeping yourself apprised of what the marketplace is needing and how you can match and have a product market fit that's relevant to today's needs is how you, you stay ahead of the pack and, and maintain your excitement for a, a, con a company or a skill or a position with purpose. Because I think today purpose is the most important factor in getting yourself out of bed. Why am I doing this? Who's going to care? How do I stand up and show up? I like that. You know, it's funny. That kind of reminds me of uh, something my mom used to say, that uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And it's necessary now for you to pivot and for you to reassess your skills um, in order to keep a paycheck coming in, to stay successful and stay relevant. Um, so, certainly, certainly very valid points there. Uh, I'm going to build on what your mother said. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't even know where she got it from. So no, it's a common uh, phrase. Yeah. I've kind of taken it to a new level based on my experiences, which is uh, if if necessity is the mother of invention, then diversity is the key to success. Mm. And I have over and over seen that uh, in play in business, in teams, in dynamics, in in just. Uh, education, the more of a network you build, the greater your net worth becomes. And so as diverse as you are and can allow yourself to be, the more successful you're going to manifest and harness opportunity. Uh, the tech industry certainly um, is starting to get that message. And, I'm, I'm, and thank you for bringing that up. Um, Cassandra, what are your thoughts here? I would just add um, that, I guess, back to what Dima was sharing, I really agree and align with her perspective around um, looking for your purpose, kind of what's your why, what's motivating you, what's driving you to, um, to stay focused. Um, and I would add to that to really find solutions to the problems that you're facing. Um, it's it's tempting when you're in pandemic mode or crisis mode to focus on the problem and the problems feel heavier and heavier by the day, by the minute sometimes. Um, but if instead we can reframe our minds to think about the options that might be available to us, and sometimes they're not easy to see on your own. So again, to Dima's point, having a diverse network of people, of contacts that you can reach out to and throw ideas off of and just kind of get some different perspective outside of your own box of worry, you might be able to uncover um, some solutions that you didn't first see that could help you get beyond it. Um, and that gives you a little bit more momentum, a little bit more optimism for where you're heading. And um, I'll just add in a, a quote I heard the other day that I really liked, which was, success doesn't come to you, it comes from you. And if you really can own your part in finding the way out of the, the problem or challenge you're facing, then you'll be able to get there quicker. 
of it. And that was a great quote. Um, <laughs> I think I think by the end of this podcast, we're probably going to hear a few more of those. <laughs> so, um, you know, let's let's shift a little bit. Let's uh, talk about career advancement. Um, you know, the road to success tends to be quite different for women um, and people of color in this industry, uh, more so than those in the majority culture. So I'm sure, you know, that you've each had challenges and barriers of which you had to break through um, in order to get where you are today. So Michael, kick this off. Uh, can you share a, um, a story of triumph when the odds were not in your favor? Um, let's talk about um, the challenge and how you overcame it. And feel free to be uh, prescriptive because some of us may need that. Right. Yeah. So uh, the example I, I'm going to use here is when I, when I graduated from the sales academy, um, you got to look at the age demographic in which we were getting pushed into uh, at SAP. So you have a whole bunch of, I was probably the second oldest person in this group. I was 27 at the time. And uh, everyone else was 22, maybe 21. Uh, and we're fresh, just know nothing, fresh degree, everything. We're just there. We get pushed into a, a pretty high pressure, high stress situation, um, you know, and we're dealing with people that are twice or sometimes three times our age, you know? So automatically there was friction um, there just because of the way that we do things versus the way that they do things, right? There's no secret there. Uh, millennials or younger people do things different than, you know, an older person may, right? There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, in a high tense, high pressure situation, it, it could, it can kind of go, go sideways. Um, on top of that, being a minority, it, it almost feels like you're on an island now. So not only do you have the age piece, you have, oh, look, there's only, I walk down the hall and I, I might only see two people that are like me or three people, you know? Uh, and, yep. that, uh, and so you, you really do feel like, oh, wow, so I'm the only one here? Like, and this is where, you know, it, it kind of splits two different types of people, right? You're either going to the cave in this pressure um, or you're going to fight through it and you're going to find your purpose uh, and you're going to realize you deserve to be here just as much as anyone else, right? But that's where it starts. <laughs> and then you have to prove yourself, right? You got to stick to your plan. You got to focus and, and make the right decisions and do the right thing. And I think through once you get out of that piece right there, everything just kind of falls into place. But you you have to get through these barriers in your mind of um, I'm I'm this the only race of this nationality and in, in this here or uh, man I'm the youngest person. You got to throw all that stuff out of the window. Um, what really people pay attention to is the way how you carry yourself, the way that you you know get the job done. Uh, that's all that really matters. Um, and if you do that, then no one can tell you anything, really. <laughs> Corey, I see you've been nodding your head the entire time Michael's been talking. <laughs> yeah. So please <laughs> tell no us what's going on in that mind of yours. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's always been been interesting, you know, definitely being the minority and, and being that point, right? I, I'm a math person, so right, but I took that as that's a given. This is what I have, right? And we know without the given, you cannot solve the problem, right? 
So that I, I, I wake up every day and say, I'm given, this is where I'm at. And I apply that to the equation to make sure that I solve it every single day. So one of my challenges was, is that when I was at Cisco, when I was in, they had an opportunity for a team to get started in Sydney, Australia. And I was like, hey, that's what I want to do. I want to go over there. I want to do that. I want to start that team up and go. And everybody was like, nah, you know, you can't do that. I was like, well, that's the wrong thing to tell me. <laughs> I put forth the effort. I put forth the plan. I knew what I wanted to get done. And I saw my target at the end of the tunnel, right? I knew where I wanted to go. I went and presented that, made sure it was there. And then going over there on an expat, right, was, was also tough because now I'm in a foreign country. I'm in a different situation. I'm trying to manage a team, all the barriers. But that was really cool for me because it was a challenge, right? It pushed me to grow and do things that I would have never done. It pushed me outside of my comfort zone, which was awesome because it, it really kept pushing and making me grow to where I wanted to be and, and how I handled different situations. I learned so much about different cultures. I learned about how if you stay here in the States a lot, you, you get your view, but the view outside is very, very different, right? And, and how it looks. So I learned a lot and it really helped push me to that next level to the point where it just, I just wanted more and more and more. But then when I able to come back, I'm, I'm, I grew up in a small town, Oklahoma. Nobody would ever thought that I would be living in Sydney, Australia, doing the things that I was doing. But what I did when I came back, I made it purpose for me to go back and make sure I pull somebody up with me so that I can let them see what I did and share those experiences back that they can do it as well. And right. And, and, and most people do not see young African-American men doing things positive. Right. And I wanted to make sure that they get a chance to see that, that they can do it as well. That's quite the story, Corey. Um, you talked about, you know, the, the obstacle, overcoming it. But one thing I'd have to say that uh, the common thread between, uh, you know, your, um, your, your um, overcoming the barrier and Michael's is, um, is how you were, uh, how you prepared. It, it wasn't really yeah. about luck. I mean, I've heard that the term uh, luck is where preparation meets opportunity and you created your own luck. Um, and I think, uh, for anybody in, in the industry that's looking to advance, um, understanding, you know, that piece, um, just like you said, Cassandra, um, luck comes from you, um, or I'm sorry, success comes from you. It's, you know, luck is very similar that way. You have, you have to create it yourself. So um, lots of good advice here. Thank you so much. I'm even learning it as we're going along. This concludes part one of Learners Are Earners, Secrets of Top Technologists. It is my hope that you walk away with at least one actionable nugget of advice and that you'll share us with your network. Stay tuned for part two, coming your way soon. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities, and councils, visit comptia.org membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast.